Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Number four, arm bar. I am Sir Michael Cole. What? Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Grapplecast. It's me, your host, Tara, alongside Dan. And that's your lot. How are we doing, Dan? Yeah, man, all good. What up, Boost? What up, listeners? All good. I think the others will be joining us in a little bit. But yeah, I'm, I'm I think doing the rosy. Yeah, oh, good stuff. Yeah, no, we're doing it a little bit different this week, only because of precious time schedules of everybody. And I know I've got precious time schedule today as well. I assume you're off to the pub to quiz tonight. Yeah, we actually, we won last week, so we got a 50 quid bar tab. Um, so I've got that to use up. So I'm going to have myself a cowboy burger and one or two cheeky beers. Lovely. I'm off to the one night only event at the cinema to see the special director's cut of Rocky Four that's only been showing one night in the UK. But, Rocky Four, that's the um, I, that's the one with um, that's Drago. Ivan Drago where he, he knocks out Apollo and then he has to go that's the in, they, they fight in Russia, I remember it. That's the one. Because what Sylvester Stallone has done is he's the film, the director's cut, is only two minutes longer than the original, but it's got 40 minutes of new footage in. So he's basically taken 40 minutes out of the old film and 40 minutes of footage that they never used originally, he's put in and then rejigged some of the scenes around and said, this is my like ultimate director's cut of how I think it should be. So that'll be interesting. So me and Jamie are going to that tonight. Oh, he's joining us in five or ten minutes when he's home from work. And I believe Joey's joining us imminently. Is that right? He's on his way yeah. home from work as well. He's so lovely. Route. So we'll have a we'll wait till the guys are joining us a little bit later on and we'll have a look at our Survivor Series recap and how we got on with our uh, predictions. Um, but yeah, until then, there is a bit of news because just like week before, we record an episode, we talk about what's been happening, we have a little look at things, and then there's always something that major happens either a, an hour or so or a day or so after we've recorded. And again, it's happened two weeks in a row now. We record an episode, and not long afterwards, we get hit down with another massive releases. Yeah, and these ones, I was gutted when I saw them. There's some names in there, like Tegan Knox. I've, I've known Nixon Newell, Steph Newell, um, not known a Nona, but... Um, you know, she's come to my pub quiz in Newport. Um, I've seen her actually wrestle in Newport. Um, but back when I used to work in coffee shops, she's been in for coffee. Like you've, I've seen her face tons of times. Um, yeah. And seen her work at the ranks going across, you know, she was in Chikara. Then she moved up and she did the May Young Classic. She did Shimmer and she did a couple of Japan tours. And then to make it in NXT and then to get called up to Monday Night Raw. And you've seen they split shots here and knocks up. Something was a little bit worrying when they, they split that tag team up because usually they've got something planned for one of them. But not nothing planned for the other, and we're seeing that with yeah. Shotzi and Knox now. Um, and I, I'm gutted for her. I know she's had a few like really bad knee injuries, but one of the nicest people I've come across. Um, and you can tell that she, you know, she loves that business. I mean, her Royal Rumble entry number twenty three. I think it's number twenty three. She's got tattooed yeah. on the back of her neck. Um, so you know, she she loves that business. Um, but she's one of these people I can see going anywhere. She can come back and do the Indies in the UK. She can go straight to AEW. She's one of these talents that could literally do anything um and she could come back but she's the one i'm, I'm most gutted for because i've seen her rise and I, she, she's a solid, solid work 
There we go. Minor technical difficulty, but Dan is back. Um, Dan, you were saying about Tegan. Yeah, it's just a real big... I was just summarising, it's a real big shame that she has been let go, but no matter where she falls, I think she'll be able to jump back in and, and do wonderful things. You know, seeing Tegan versus Serena Deep in AEW, um, Thunder Rosa, they put on some amazing matches. Um, it's just a real shame, to be fair. No, it is. I, I, I echo that. But I think she'll be fine. I'm not worried about her, let's put it that way. And I think she may even be one of these that, you know, in a little bit of time, may even resign. Um, but again whatever's best for her. But let's have a look at the um let's have a look at the list as a whole. So we've mentioned Tegan Knox. Um so in, in no particular order and we'll give our thoughts on each of these. John Morrison, Top Dollar, Ashante Adonis, Isaiah Shot uh to speak today, Isaiah Scott, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, and Jackson Riker. So let's start with the top on that one then, Dan. John Morrison. Now with this one, this it surprised me, and it didn't. I thought when they brought him back, and they put aligned him back with the Miss, I thought, yeah, great. You know, easing him back into the company. He'd had his tag team with Miss previously. He'd also had his fallout with Miss previously as well. But again, we know with WWE, we forget about those things like they've never happened before. Um, you know, and he's come back into the fold, and I thought, yeah, nice, easy way to merge him back into the company. But, I mean, how long was he back in for? A year, year and a half or so? And he was with Miz the whole time up until these last couple of months where there was the kind of split more because Miz got injured. And I think then John Morrison also got ill or injured, didn't he, towards the end. Um, and that's it. And, I mean, you could argue first time round, wasted opportunity with him all those years that he was in the company. Got so far but didn't quite reach the top. I know he was ECW champion. Um, but, you know, let's be honest, that was a mid-car title at best, really, wasn't it? But again, at least he was still the singles champion. Um, and yes, he's come back and, all uh, right, saying, did he win the tag team titles again this time round with Miz for a brief run as well? Yeah, tag title. I think he may have won a 24-7 title in there as well. That's right. So, uh, again, you know, and then he's, he's disappeared for a little bit. We know his wife was given her future endeavours anyway. But this time round, you know, he's also gone. So... Is this a case of we're getting rid of him again just because we've got nothing for him? We're getting rid of him because he's kind of come to his natural time within the company? Or we're getting rid of him because we've got rid of his wife and maybe he had a bit of a say into it? I, I don't think it's the latter. I think he would have stayed around if he if he'd had the opportunity to do so. But, I mean, what's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, they were using him. They were using him in... Um, he was on the European tour. Um, you know, he was sort of here and there he's always on the show doing stuff um but it is a bit of a surprise that they release his wife uh, while he's on that european tour so he could have had words when he got backstage but yeah he came back uh, just before the royal rumble um when i think when it was brock lesnar and a minute and 13 people in a row that was when he came back in um so a good two years ago um and they was kind of saving him for the miz to finish on dancing with the stars and then he was gonna have a little bit of a rivalry but th- if you look at what potentially they had planned for him. I, you know, you couldn't see him going on and winning a WWE title, but he is one of these tenured people like a Shelton Benjamin who you can see there being for years. So it's a little bit of a surprise, but with Frankie going, you know, as they were traveling around together doing stuff. You may be the case of saying, well, if you let my wife go, just let me go. We can go off and, you know, do Mexican tours or go back to impact. They can stay together. You're seeing that a lot more lately uh, with couples. Uh, they tend to stick together, you know, Becky and Seth, they, seem to swap shows quite a bit so it just means that they can kind of be a unit and travel together a lot more absolutely 
Right then, so your next three. What's going on, Dan? What's going on <laughs> with with this? T- talk us through this faction now, because we, we've had them debut. We've had one of them go a couple of weeks ago, and now we've had everybody go. What's going on with this? It's really strange, because um, when they put the faction together, they approached um, AJ Francis, who was doing the Hidden Treasures, and they said, oh... Um, That's right, because he-, he was like the presenter, wasn't he? Um, he was, yeah. He was like um, the big fan. Who did he go around with? Or he just went around with the legends, didn't he, as far as I'm aware? And he'd yeah, say, different like, legends. And this and that. Yeah, yeah. Like Mick Foley would be with him one episode, and then you'd have the big show with him another episode. But um, he was kind of working on the NXT live shows with Tahuti Miles, who turned out to be a Ashanti Adonis. And they were calling themselves, like, The Row or The Hits or like hit row music or something. Um, and they always wanted to put together some sort of like rap faction, um, like a collaboration thing. Uh, eventually they ended up doing it and they, cause they needed something to do with um, Shane, Shane Strickland. I forgot his, um, Swerve Scott. That's his, that's that's his it. Name. Yeah, 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 Swerve Scott, yeah. Um, and they put them together and I've got to be fair, they're, like I said to you a couple weeks ago, their theme music's the best theme music on, on SmackDown. I finally did really watch crappy. it. I found it from their debut and them coming out and doing the, the rapping and like the talk into the crowd uh, along with the theme itself in the background. It was, yeah, it was catchy. Really, something a bit really different for them. That's it. And they had um, like Corey Graves' podcast every week. He has a different wrestler on there. And Top Dollar was only on there two weeks ago. And he was talking about like how they got everything put together. Um, and he was basically talking about how he wants to be on WrestleMania and all of these things. But the problem with Top Dollar is he rubs up people all, all, uh, up the wrong way. Like he's been winding up all of the AEW stars and he's been kicking off and talking about wearing Jordans to the ring and trading certain shoes and things like that. Um, and there was a little bit of controversy. Uh, there, Ginger Mahal and um, Shanky do some sort of rap backstage of setting up some sort of storyline yes, between. Still can't get over that bloody name. Oh, they, they, they call him Slim Shanky. They called him on uh, there when he was rapping. He's Slim Shanky instead of Slim Shady. Um, but they had him basically rap battling. Uh, so it looked like they were setting up a storyline between Top um, Top Dollar and Ginger Mahal. And then all of a sudden, that release came in. But they said that. Um, AJ Francis said he messaged the office and said, you know, we're a four-person group. Like, we can work as a three, but you've just ruined the dynamic. So I don't know whether he kind of, like, shook the boat a little bit too much. Um, but they were making waves. It's a shame because they were really good and they were quite fun on SmackDown. People were getting behind them. Um, but now they've got 90-day non-competes and they've just got to sit on the side and wait. But they've just got brand-new contracts. So that one was really puzzling as well. They, they sound like multi-year deals, all of them, didn't they? Mm. Yeah, it's very really strange. strange. There's Shane got to be something in these contracts that they don't have to... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, like if in any job... If we look at football management, so soccer, for example, and a yeah. manager signs a new contract and he signs a, a three-year extension or even just signs a three-year deal to start with, they sack him after a year or two. They have to pay the remainder on that contract. But I'm assuming somewhere in the T's and C's and the contracts of these um, of these talents... There is something in there that says, oh, yeah, you sign a new contract, three, four years, which is, I don't know, $5 million over four years. But if we sack you, you get your 90 days worth of pay, but then you don't get anything else. We don't pay off the rest of your contract. I mean, is that right, morally? Yeah. No, that's that's what they're doing. And Tony Khan's basically said they're not contracts. They're just, we've got you for a limited period, and then we'll release you. He actually said they're not proper contracts. And that's why people are saying about having a union, because... 
if you got dismissed, it's like, well, why am I being dismissed? You know, you were using me. Like, they were being used on TV every week. Um, yeah. But I watched SmackDown then after they got released, and SmackDown was actually really good. Um, so it was really surprising. But they're all talented people. They will land on their feet, especially Shane Strickland. He's the one I'm gutted about the most because I was looking forward to seeing him versus Kofi, you know, him versus Roman, uh, him versus Cesaro, and he would have some amazing matches on the roster. So that one's the biggest waste. Um, I don't understand yeah. what they're doing. They must have had a reason for it. I, I can't seem to think it's budget cuts because they've only just called them up and given them new contracts. Obviously something they didn't like. Well, mm. let's have a move on then to Drake Maverick. And as we move on to Drake Maverick, we're joined by Joe. He's joined us on the podcast. How are we doing, Joe? Yeah, good, thanks, Taryn. See, I'm late now. So was it you work until five o'clock or just got home? That is fine. That's not a problem. We're talking about last week's uh, mass releases and we've moved on to Drake Maverick. I know, Joe, a personal favourite of yours, no doubt, Drake Maverick. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, good old rock star spat. I mean, they released him not so long ago um, and then he, he put on like a YouTube like um, him like breaking down and him going through it, and I think Triple saw it, and then he gave him a job in NXT, I believe, and he was doing that. And then the past couple of months, he's been doing like twenty-four-seven title stuff, and now it's been released again. So I'm not surprised he has been doing a lot. Where do we think then, lads? That, or rather, what should I say? What's going to happen now with Dream Africa? I don't know if anybody saw his Twitter video, but. Very much in the first time round when he put up his reaction and obviously he was very teary and very upset. It was his lifelong dream to be in the WWE and that got the reaction and got the WWE to resign him. Have you seen his new one? Because he's posted yeah. a new one and he, he starts off the same and then it very much turns and it's very much, much a, almost like a promo in itself and keep your head up and, you know, this isn't the end, this is the beginning type thing. And I, it's an interesting one because he's not the biggest in muscle mass. He's certainly not the tallest. Um, <laughs> there is something about him, and there is, you know, that fan likability. There, there is something that, that the fans like. I can't see an AEW run for Drake Maverick. I assume, and I might be wrong, and I'll be interested in your takes on this, it'll be very much straight back once the 90 day compete closes up, straight back to impact wrestling. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe a bit on the indie scenes, maybe even back over here as well, depending how the contracts are in, in, in Impact, but I assume it's going to be Impact and, and that's it for uh, for Drake Maverick for Rockstar Spud. Yeah, I mean, his wife um, goes on the indies and does a lot of indie events. She does the, the random like Impact event and she does NWA, so I think it'd be one of these indie surfers. He'll do loads of little, he might even do a bit of MLW, a bit of NWA. There's loads of little stuff that he could do, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't see him going AEW. No, all right, no, fair enough. All right, then. Well, we are finally now finally joined by Jamie. He's decided to finally make an appearance on the podcast this week. We were getting slightly worried. We thought you'd been hit by a bus on the way home. Well, no, I did say 20 past, and it is 20 past on the dot, so it's, it's what I do. Much like my pay-per-view predictions. Well, we haven't even gone into that. Perhaps if yeah, you were on, on right. time, <laughs> perhaps if you were on time, no, we're, we're going to have a look at our, uh, our pay-per-view predictions. Believe me, we're going to have a look at them because I've got a very good feeling about the multiple points. I've no doubt one. I don't know because I haven't looked back at them. 
<laughs> probably. Um, but we were looking at the we were looking at the releases. We've had a look at um, a few so far. Um, Dan, Joe, I, I can't suppose, even though Jamie's just joined us, he's going to be able to contribute much to this side of things now because I know I'm not either. So, Dan and Joe, you're probably going to have to take the lead on this one. But our last two releases on the list for last week were both Shane Thorne and Jackson Riker. Now, I think of the two, no disrespect to either of them, Jackson Riker is the name that pops out the most to me. And is that not because he had a bit of, I want to say he had a bit of a, a run on the main roster. Was he with Elias for a little bit and then he shaved his head and then has been on either 205 Live or, or, or main event for the last few weeks and done much of nothing and, and then he's gone? Am I right in saying that? Is that a good yeah. summary of his main roster journey so far? Pretty much. And he's with Forgotten Sons. Um, and then he had this comment that he was like a pro-Trump tweet and everybody backstage was like, Oh, that was him, it. was it? Right, yes, of yeah. course. And apparently the writing's been on the wall since then. They tried to repackage him, do stuff with him. But he, he wasn't that good on the mic. He was literally backstage slapping himself with a leather belt. That's that's <laughs> why his promos were. Um, and he was on main event. Um, I think he was just sat backstage, not really doing much. Um, and when, with him being released, we're not really that surprised. Um, like, you know, around Money in the Bank, there was like rumblings. Oh, he might have actually been in the Money in the Bank match. But ever since then, he hasn't really been doing much. He had that little program with Elias. And he's just been on the shelf doing little main event things. But um, with Shane Thorne, he was um, Slapjack in Retribution. And then they repackaged him and he had a dark show appearance dressed as Crocodile Dundee. Slapjack, of course he was. He was Slapjack. Um, He did a Crocodile Dundee thing. They tried to repackage him. Didn't really work. Um, And he actually posted something on Twitter saying, oh, who gave them my number? Like, I'd been going along for so long. Who gave them my number? (laughs) He's sliding under the radar, so he he made a kind of little joke about it. But you are you are right. He was things. it was about three or four weeks ago. We saw that picture of him at the house showing, like you say, the crocodile Dundee type gimmick, or even like almost like a bit of a rip off of the Skinner gimmick from the from the eighties WWE superstar Skinner. Um, yeah, I didn't even realize that was him. Of course, it was. Hmm. Yeah, but it's a shame. You look at Retribution now; half of them are gone. Well. <laughs> Is that any surprise? Who's left? T-Bag? Um, Mason T-Bag, T-Bag yeah. T-Bar was, back, um, T-Bar was chasing the 24-7 title and the egg uh, this week. And Mace was backstage as well, applauding Vince McMahon when he brought out the egg. Are they on set? Did they split them up in the draft? They did, yeah. Yeah. All for a hundred yeah. million pound egg. No, believe me. No, we are going to get onto that egg. There's probably going to be a good two-hour session speaking about that egg in a minute. Believe you me. Um, but before we before we get onto that, there are a couple of pieces of news this week. The first being, well, what happened on Raw with Seth Rollins and that crazy fan? I'm sorry, but that fan is part of my language a dickhead. Oh, he's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if there's something. Might be psychologically wrong with him, but he cray cray. Yeah, so anyone that hasn't seen it, um, Seth Rollins had finished off his match. He was walking towards the back, um, and then a fan has come from near the Titantron area, and he's run all the way down towards the, uh, down the ramp, and he's attacked Seth Rollins. And the camera I've seen, well, I've seen a few bits of footage, footage now, but the camera itself just about catches him tackling Seth Rollins before they quickly realise what's happened within a couple of seconds, two or three seconds, and they cut to a replay. Obviously, the commentators don't acknowledge it. They're talking about the action that's on there. 
But there's a couple of videos doing the rounds on Twitter and social media of video footage. Somebody has got it. He's sat on an aisle seat. He's got the whole thing. And this guy just takes out Seth Rollins. Um, they're trying. A few of them run in. I think Adam Pearce runs in. A couple of referees, a couple of producers, backstage hands running. Pull the guy off. Seth Rollins kind of gets up, swears a few times at him, and obviously walks back and... Yeah, I mean, isn't this the same place that that fan, obviously, a different fan attacked Bret Hart two or three years yeah, back at the Hall arena. of Fame? Hall of Fame. I mean, what is it? With, what is it? Is that Brooklyn? <laughs> no, but I've looked at the background of this. There's yeah, been a few things on, yeah. on on Twitter. They they basically been um, this guy was saying. I don't know if you've seen the video he posted afterwards. He said that he was coming for Colby Lopez. They got beef, and WWE mm-hmm. were great with him, and he did it for the bloodline. Goldberg and Rikishi, apparently. Um, that's what he said. Um, he sounded absolutely wacko jacko when he was talking about it. Um, but then since then, he basically, apparently there was a catfish Seth Rollins account that was arguing and taunting him. Just seems like, you know, on like Twitter, you see some people got Roman Reigns pictures and The Rock pictures and they start to think they are actually Roman Reigns and The Rock. Well, he's saying that he was speaking to somebody he thought was Seth Rollins and they had beef, but... Actually, it was nothing to do with Seth Rollins. Um, but apparently, the guy's being prosecuted, or he's being looked into, or they are, they are looking to upheld charges against him. And you know, they need to do something to kind of deter those things because it's not on. What I did like about it was obviously Seth Rollins came back out, didn't he, for the um, main event, and he came out looking on face, but also kind of playing into the character as well. He was looking around, making sure nobody was coming out to attack him, also while doing that crazy laugh that he's doing in the minute it's part of his gimmick as well so you know it's it's got to be scary regardless of whether you're bloody you know a lower car talent or a main eventer or how how big you're built somebody's coming out and attacking you it's a scary thing i mean yes there's checks when you walk into arena yes there's metal detectors that type of thing but you know we all know things like that can you know people can get past security with these certain things and he could have had anything on him that could have been a lot scarier than it is so Hopefully, that gentleman, if we want to call him that, is charged and nothing further happens with that. But scary stuff. Hmm. Have we seen... (laughs) This makes me laugh. Have we seen The Undertaker and his comments brought up about who he believes, or rather who he is comparing as the next Andre the Giant no, I'm not I, 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 gonna say, I thought you were going to say, have you seen The Undertaker on the bump this week? <laughs> he was <laughs> on he the was. bump, wasn't he? Well, The yeah. Undertaker has been discussing various WWE stars, now he's retired from the business, and he brought somebody up, and I want to see if you guys can guess who it is, and he effectively said, he gave this guy huge praise, and he said, this person who's a current WWE active roster member, he said this person is the closest thing this generation has to the legendary Andre the Giant. He said there'll never be another Andre, but this guy is as close as we've come. So he, he said this guy is incredibly athletic. He's incredibly huge. He's just big, big, strong man. And it's important for him to make sure that he protects that. As sometimes guys don't understand what that means. We've had a couple of conversations about what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And if all things get too heated, call me, said. 
because he said that this person is going to be, he's comparing him to this generation's Andre the Giant. Who are we saying that is? Omos. Mustafa Ali. No, I'm joking. Of course it's Omos. <laughs> now, is it just me? We're going to get on to Survivor Series and we're going to get into the match that Omos was in. To say that, to compare, I know he's not comparing him, I know he's not saying he is the next Andre the Giant, but he's saying he's this generation version. So he's basically saying some people would consider Andre the Giant as the greatest superstar of all time, not from a wrestling standpoint, from a spectacle, from a character, from a superstar standpoint. You know, him alongside Hulk Hogan were the ones that made wrestling within that area what it was, and certainly the WWF at the time. The Undertaker knows what he's talking about with most things. Does he know what he's talking about if he's saying that Omos is this generation's Andre the Giant? Mm. Well, he's got the well, size. Hmm. Sorry, Dan. No, go on, Joe. Um, I was going to say um, a couple of months back on the Broken Scorsians, I believe Stone Cold was interviewing Kevin Ash, and Kevin Ash said about Omos, he said he was down the perform that he was working with him and he said Omos has got something special and that was like a couple of months ago. He kind of just said it off and he was a yeah that kill Omos he's got something. Is that enough to be compared to Andre Dan? Um I think he's got the size. In terms of Andre he had that thing of like people are like whoa look at him as he walked through the airport like the size of his hands and travelling and needing the, the extra space. You know, it was something different. You got he was an attraction, wasn't he? Andre was yeah. an attraction. I think height nowadays isn't. But the thing with Andre, he kept growing. He had so many things about like how much he could eat and how much he could drink and all of this. And now that they've found a thing to um, help giantism, if they get over 6'6", six, six, there's a certain gland that they can remove to kind of help them out. It's tough. Like I think there's only going to be one Andre the Giant. But with Omos... He's good, and I think that he does have a future. It's one of these ones, a bit like Braun Strowman. People back in the day were like, oh, Braun Strowman's going to be amazing. He's going to be a multi-time world champion. And at the time, we were like, I don't know. And that didn't really work out very well. Um, but with Omos, I think if he can work on his microphone skills, potentially, but in terms of, oh, I need to watch WrestleMania, Omos is in the main event. I can't see it at the moment, but only time will tell. Well, it will, and we're going to have a look at Omos in a moment because we're now going to get into our Survivor Series review and our predictions of how well we got on with those. Um, for, without going into the specifics of each match, what did we think of Survivor Series? Exactly the sort of show I thought it was going to be. I okay. think that sums it up about right. Yeah. That's that's what I thought it was going to be. It was extra special. It was extraordinary, was it? They shelled out no expense. Hey, we could go on all night with these puns. <laughs> Let's have a look at our predictions. Let's have a look to see how we fared. So, first of all, there wasn't a pre-show announced when we started. So, we said we'd all get a good five points if anybody, or rather say all of us, somebody would get five points if they correctly, to the point, got the pre-show match correct. I think Daniel went with Los Lotharios and Street Profits, and Joe, Roderick Strong and Reggie, and me and Jamie, Los yeah. Lotharios and the Mysterios. Yeah, we were all wrong because they moved the bloody match from the from the main show <laughs> onto the pre-show. 
Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura against US Champion Damien Priest. So none of us got any points for that one, I'm afraid to say. Um, so no five points for that. However, because it was already announced, we do have what we do have this match to have a look at. I didn't watch the pre-show. I'm not ashamed to say in this instance because I didn't expect this match to be the one that was moved. Did you guys watch it? Yeah. No, I didn't end up watching it. Oh, so Jamie, who usually isn't the one to watch these sides of things, watched it. So, Wait a minute, I watched them all. I watched it no, all no, definitely <laughs> no. So you're going to have to give us a rundown on this match. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura was victorious. Yes, he was by disqualification. Um, so it was a, it was an okay match. I mean, it was it was nothing special. You had Rick Boogs on the. Uh, outside playing the guitar and basically halfway through the match Damon Priest is like if you play that guitar again I'm gonna basically kill you so <laughs> Rick Boog sh like shit himself I was like okay yeah never mind and then Damon Priest had Shinsuke basically won then he started playing that guitar and Damon Priest just lost his lost his rocker shall we say and then went outside and just smashed his guitar and then hit Rick Boogs with the guitar and then hit Nakamura with the guitar and yeah, Nakamura won. Can you believe okay. all four of us? I went for Damien Priest. I mean, to be fair, yeah, that, it's understandable. And the way obviously this match came about, like the ending, it still makes Damien Priest look strong. He doesn't look weak. He just makes him kind of lean more towards that heel turn Damien Priest where he's got some anger issues and kind of demonic being inside him that can just snap at any minute i mean it worked for his character and it's not making him look weak so fair enough with me and it still makes nakamura look strong as well yeah i suppose so. i suppose if you were going to go down the route in which they went down that yeah. is the right way of doing it personally damien yeah. priest for me should have won because he's the one that, that needs to keep building this momentum but again you i just want the point well, obviously, but don't worry <laughs> because I'm sure I've got plenty more anyway. Plenty <laughs> more than match, I get the zero points. <laughs> <laughs> so, the first match that opened up the show, Becky Lynch defeated Charlotte Flair. Uh, did we, yeah, did let, three let, of us have Becky Lynch? I am. I will confirm that Daniel, Joe, and Jamie all <laughs> got a point on this one. <laughs> And unfortunately, I myself, from last week's show, went with Charlotte Flair. Now, what I will say is, from the show, and I'm going to give my overall thoughts on the show at the end, this, to me, was a very, very good opener. I was actually yes. pleasantly surprised with how good this was. It was physical. There was actual there was an actual story built around this one. The recap video that they did before the match, um, you know, boded well going into the match for anyone that wasn't aware how the storyline has gone on so far. I thought it started well and it ended well, and I didn't feel that anywhere during the match there was any points where I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm ready now for this to you no know, finish." I think it went on. Let me have a check. It went on for about twenty minutes. There you go, eighteen minutes fifteen, and it didn't feel like a twenty-minute match. Which is a positive because, you know, I felt like it flew by just because of how physical and how well it was booked. I did redo the producer on this match was, and I can't remember now. Good journalism. I don't have it open, but whoever it was did very well. 
Um, other than the ending, where it should have been, let's be honest, Charlotte Flair that picked up the win. However, they did go with Becky Lynch, which gives each of you, except for me, a point. But yeah, how how did we how did you rate this match? Are you all in agreement with me on this one? A good opener. I think I think it was match of the night, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. It could go down as match of the year, WWE wise. Match of the or just calm. I mean, in the WWE, now. like if you if they did the Slammies in January, that would be a front runner for it. I'd say. No, we yeah. had Reggie versus Cedric Alexander on Raw. That was much better. <laughs> well, after the aftermath of that, let's talk about who is the new twenty four seven champion. When the first who is it, Taron? As well. Who is, is the talent? new twenty four seven champion? See if he knows. See if he watches. Look, look at you acting like he's I don't... googling it. He's googling. <laughs> look at my hands acting like I don't know who the new twenty four seven champion is. When she, he is the no, she is the best. I love Dana Brooke. I've always been a fan of Dana Brooke. Um, like like Dan said, first ever title in WWE. Yeah, and yeah, Selena Vega won a first ever championship on Raw as well this week. It's just, yes, very true. She did. It's just helping Dana Brooke get more, you know, further towards that elusive world championship that she deserves. I like Dana Brooke. I don't get I don't get the hate. I like Dana Brooke. Moving on. We had our first of the five on five men's Survivor Series traditional elimination matches. Try and get that out when you're drunk. And we had Team Raw <laughs> defeat Team SmackDown. Now. There are some certain points that need to be given out in this match. So, Daniel. Daniel went with a SmackDown win, so he didn't get a point for that. He said that the mystery person would be Von Wagner. He doesn't get a point for that. <laughs> he also said, and I'm going to have to have a look at this now because I need to remember... I said Drew McIntyre would be the sole survivor. You said Drew McIntyre would be the sole survivor. Now, am I right in saying that there was there was a sole survivor in this match? Yes. Yeah, it was Seth Rollins. It was Seth, Seth Rollins. Rollins. I'm sure it was. Now, that meant, unfortunately, Daniel got zero points. Joe went for a raw win. No points. Von Wagner. Hey, no raw points. Win. They won. Raw <laughs> won. What? Raw I mean, won. raw. All right, then a point. Oh, it's because I read another thing. Von Wagner, though, no. He just tried to get the point from nowhere. Twenty <laughs> points to Griffin Taron. <laughs> Bobby Lashley, sole survivor, no points. Jamie, raw win, one point. Kofi Kingston, mystery, no points. Balor and Lashley to be the survivors, no points, leaving him with one. Now then, I will bring your attention to. My prediction. A raw win. One point. Sheamus as the mystery participant. One point. Seth Rollins as the sole survivor. One point. That is three quality points <laughs> as for much me. As ever had it which also <laughs> means a bonus five points for you. <laughs> No, I'm not giving myself that, don't worry. But a full house, three points, and all I can say is it's about bloody time that that happens. A clean sweep in that match. Um, so, yes, I will quite happily take the three points in that one. What I will also say is, is 
I mean, it went on for a bloody long time. It was on half an hour. I didn't think it was as good as the Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair match, but I thought it was pretty solid, Dan. Yeah, it was okay. It, like you said, it went on a little bit too long. I think that they made um, Austin Theory look really good. Um, and I like the way that Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley got eliminated. Um, since I like Kevin Owens walk out, I liked that, but then I didn't like it on Raw that he's immediately putting himself in the world title picture, even though he walked out on Oh, we the are going to get onto that, believe me. But um, it, was, it was okay. It wasn't my favourite. Am I going to go back and watch that match? Probably not. Right, we had, and this is going to be my first gripe of the evening, so prepare yourselves. We had The Rock's 25th anniversary, 25-man <laughs> dual-branded Battle Royal. So we had Omos winning. He last defeated, uh, he last eliminated, should I say, Ricochet. Now, no points on this one because we didn't know this was happening. Naturally, as it always happens, this match was announced after we'd recorded our episode, after we'd put our predictions in. I don't specifically have any gripes with Omos winning. I'm not a big fan of Omos, um, but from the participants that were in that match. Other than AJ Styles, who else was going to win? And it makes sense for Omos to win and not AJ Styles just because of the team and the storyline that they're going. And of course, let's not forget, he is the next Andre the Giant, allegedly. Undertaker <laughs> Mark Calloway approved. So, yeah, did the match need to be on the card? No, they were using it to throw everybody who's not been used in there. It makes sense, even though I don't necessarily agree with it, for Omos to win. My gripe is the way this match was built and marketed. This was The Rock's 25th anniversary Battle Royal. So these are the issues I have with it. Number one, The Rock wasn't on the show, and we're going to get on to that later. Number two, what actually did this match have anything to do with The Rock other than just calling it The Rock's 25th anniversary Battle Royal? Bugger all. And number three, if you're going to try and put sole emphasis on the fact that we're celebrating The Rock's career, even though nothing about this match celebrated The Rock's career, why, other than the name of the match being The Rock's 25th anniversary, was this match centred around Pizza Hut? The Rock likes pizza. This was absolutely like this was absolutely terrible. It made no sense. It was stupid. You might as well have just said this is a Raw versus SmackDown twenty five man battle royal sponsored by Pizza Hut, and that would have been yeah, stupid it in itself. It wasn't Raw versus SmackDown because immediately all the Raw stars were attacking each other and all exactly. the SmackDown stars. But that's each stupid other. in itself. That is and, that's and stupid. Uh, Sami Zayn at the end, like when there's about seven people left, he went to Ricochet and he went to Cesaro. Hey, we're the only people in blue t-shirts left. We should work together to eliminate everybody else because we want to win for SmackDown. So they slap him and throw him out the ring. It's like, this makes no sense. It didn't. It didn't deliver, Joe. You are right. And and how bad did that pizza look as well when they pulled out the back? Out the box. Looked terrible. It looked sweaty. It looked sweaty. The only bit I liked was when they were, was it AJ, was it AJ Styles or was it Street Profits who were going to give a piece to Byron Saxon and then they pulled it away in his face because um, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get any and Corey Graves. Oh, just and got some, did Well, of course he did. He was first in line, believe me he was. And then um, somebody slapped it out of his hand and he attacked him. Terrible. I'm sorry, but terrible. And I will quite happily never watch that again. Never. Uh, uh, 
ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> I am happy, however, to announce that RK Bro defeated Bro. the Usos in the Tag Champions versus Tag Champions Raw versus SmackDown match. I don't have anything specific to say about the match. I thought, again, it was just fairly solid. But we'll have a look at the scores, nevertheless, especially since Dan picked the Uso, so that's zero points. Joe went for RK Bro, a point. Jamie went for the Usos, yes, good, no points. And I went for RK Bro. So, oh, here we go. There's a bit of a theme going on. Another point for me. Um, but... <laughs> What were your uh, what were your button? This is the best. Listen, part. don't you worry. <laughs> what were your uh, what were your thoughts on this one then, Joe? Did you enjoy the match for what it was? Yeah, it was just a bit of a filler match. I mean, I thought that there was going to be a bit more like underhanded tactics on the Usos, but it was a pretty decent match. I just didn't care about it either way, to be honest. But Randall and and um, Riddle are just so entertaining I just couldn't see them losing and they didn't so yeah pretty good match Did he come out on Raw and Riddle dressed as Randy Orton? Yeah, he, he did an RKO didn't he? In his yes match. Right choice on this one regardless of what your predictions were right choice for RK Bro well, to go over or? Obviously closer to the pay-per-view it was inevitable that Randy Orton was winning obviously it came out that he is now the all-time pay-per-view wrestler ever in WWE history. He has more pay-per-views than Undertaker, Kane, John Cena. Like, name anybody. Like, Randy Orton is top of that list now. He's had more pay-per-view matches than anyone else. And then it was like, you can't make him lose that match, surely. So, that's why they won. And a point for me. Moving on. Our second and final five-on-five Survivor Series traditional elimination match. Time for the women this time. And we had Team Raw defeat Team SmackDown. There's a bit of a theme here with Raw winning, isn't there? Team Raw defeating Team SmackDown. Now then, let's have a look once again at the point. Dan went with Team Raw. There's a point. He went with Sonya Deville as the mystery participant. Zero points. Who was it? I'm trying to remember. It was Tony Storm. It was Tony Storm. Oh, wait. Yes, of course it was. And you went with um, Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley to be the sole survivors or the survivors. Someone will have to remind me who were the survivors in this match for Raw. It was a sole survivor. survivor. And it was and Bianca Belair. Oh, yes, of course it was, wasn't it? I don't know what I'm saying next. I didn't get the point for that. <laughs> I had Bianca, but I had um, Morgan with her. I'm pretty sure. You did. So, Dan, you get a point for saying that Raw would be the surviving team. Um, Joe went with SmackDown. No point. He did, however, go with Tony Storm, so he gets a point for that. But then he went with Shotzi and Storm to be the sole survivor. So it was just a point for you, Joe, but well done. Jamie, a raw win. Well, um, Naomi as the um, what's his chance? Surprise. Mystery participant. Yes. And Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, and Liv Morgan. So just a point. You got one of them, but you said she'd be the. Uh, you didn't say she'd be the sole survivor. So just a point for the raw win. And then it comes to me. I went with SmackDown, so no points. I went with 
Um, Banks and Storm, no points. But I get a point for Tony Storm, don't you worry, because I successfully said she would be in the match. So don't you worry, everybody. Another point for me. Did we enjoy this match more than the men's, or did we think the men's edged it? Um, I'd probably say I enjoyed the women's one a bit more, to be fair. All right, any reason? Um, it, it did go well, on for maybe... less time. It did go on for 24 minutes. I will confirm that this match, I think I read somewhere, went on for only 40 seconds less than the entire Queen's Crown tournament matches all put together. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay, wasn't it? It was decent. It had exactly what it said on the tin. They had Tony Storm looking strong and then all of a sudden gets eliminated really weakly. Um, and then they managed to build Bianca Belair back up and be the sole survivor. Um, it was just all right. It was decent compared to the men's. It was a lot stronger um, and it's showcasing the women. I just wish the crowd weren't just singing songs and chanting CM Punk all the way through it. Yeah, there were a few CM Punk. There was a few CM Punk chants. And I think during the pre-show I read, there was some AEW chants as well. I didn't hear any on the main show, but I heard the CM Punk chants. Um, they tried to, try, should I say, to drown them out in the production company, uh, the production company, the production crew. But one thing I think I also noticed, I don't know if you guys picked it up, was I felt a few times during the entrances specifically that there was a lot of piping cheering during people's entrances to the point where I thought, this isn't natural, this is, this is a recording that they're pumping. I don't know if anybody else picked up on that. Yeah, it sounds patchy, doesn't it? You can hear it just go from normal to... Ah. <laughs> one thing I did also notice was the amount of times that Michael Cole tried to get something in before the announcer, um, the ring announcer announced he was coming out to the ring and then he had to stop mid-sentence or a couple of words in, wait for the ring announcer to say what he was saying and then carry on with what he was saying. Like boss time with Sasha Banks, he was about to say he was about to talk about head of the table or the big dog, whatever it was with Roman Reigns. There was at least three or four times in which he started to say something and had to stop because he realised he'd come in too early. And there was a bit of a trend of it, and it oh, I don't know, it really put me off. Which I'm, I'm not as against Michael Cole as I used to be, but I, yeah, he didn't, he didn't have a great night on Sunday. No, it's hard, and especially when he got, he, they were chopping and changing the announcers. One stage you had Pat McAfee there, then he had uh, Corey Graves, then he had Byron Saxton. They were mixing it up too much. I wish they just kept the same three-man booth. Job done then, and it would have made it flow and build a little bit of rapport, a little bit more of it. Right then, let's get on to the main event. Roman Four points. Reigns. Go on, Storm. Roman Reigns <laughs> defeated Big E. The Universal Champion defeated Big E by pinfall after just under 22 minutes. Um, before we get into it, I think that was only the second, am I right, saying the second win for SmackDown on the entire card, yeah. but only t one win on the main card. And it was the only win by an actual decision because Shinsuke Nakamura only won by a disqualification. So really, on SmackDown only technically got one proper win the whole show but and Raw wiped the works. floor other than that. It, it works because the Roman Reigns can come on SmackDown and just be like, you're all shit. I'm the head of the table. I'm the only it's one the that won. The table. I'm the only one that won. This roster's a joke. And well, then The Rock can come out. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. We all went with. <laughs> let's make this easy. We all went with ratings on that, so we all, we all get a point. But I um yeah I thought again I thought I, I still stick with the fact like you Dan that the women's championship well, women's championship match champion versus champion match was the match of the night. 
this was probably second best for me. I, I thought, again, it was a solid match. It was predictable. We knew where it was going to go. Biggie didn't look weak, though, even though it was a fairly clean finish in that sense. I still don't think he looked weak. There was a bit of a, a bit of a teaser at the end where I thought, I didn't necessarily think The Rock was going to come out, maybe Lesnar or something. I thought something was going to happen, but then no, the little logo popped up in the right-hand corner like it does, and the event ended. And I thought, hmm, okay. But, yeah, I thought it was a solid match. Yeah, it was decent. It had everything that we needed. There was a cheeky rock bottom in there, um, some good solid um, working in there. Uh, both of them put in their, their stuff. It's exactly what we thought it was going to be, and it sent the crowd home happy. It did indeed. And this is where my second gripe of the evening comes in. You know what I'm going to say. The, the fact egg, that the all the way through the event, I, I knew The Rock wasn't going to be there. I know there was teases, and then I think, Jamie, didn't you send us a screenshot of one of the bookmakers, the bookies on over Sky here, the odds. Odds like, on favourite. Like odds on to say that The Rock was going to be there, and I was like, no, it's still not going to happen. And I, I just knew it wasn't going to happen. But all the way through these promos, these promos, celebrating The Rock's 25th, celebrating this, the guy didn't even do a video message to say, thank you very much, 25 years, happy days. There was that um, chap on Twitter, I forget his name now, who literally said, The Rock did more for TNA for Impact Wrestling for Ken Shamrock's induction into the Hall of Fame than he did for his 25th anniversary in the WWE. And I know he has filming commitments. He's a busy man. But to not even have, unless they're doing this on purpose, technically, technically to... For tomorrow night. Yeah, well, potentially, but to build something up with Roman Reigns, I don't think they are, though. He won't do anything tomorrow night. I can put my... You um, take a shit in, in the, the middle, middle of, of the room. room. I will do these. But, so that's my first gripe. The fact that you might as well have just not mentioned it was the Rock 25th anniversary if you're going to do that. And then this kin egg, this egg, I'm sorry. But Vince McMahon looks and sounds about 100 years old now. He's struggling to get his words out. He's just not natural flowing like the Vince that we used to love. When And I know it's because he's getting old, but just don't have him on TV. Don't do it if you're going to do it. The whole premise of the egg anyway, the fact that The Rock's given him this $100 million egg, I'm sorry, he's just stupid. It was laughable. It was terrible. And the payoff on Raw, I know we had a quick chat about it, didn't we, Dad? And you were, you were fairly happy with the payoff on Raw because we got a WWE title match out of it. And it did build something a little bit towards Austin Theory as well, which is the positive we'll take from it. And and I will also admit the positive in that. But that to have this... Selfie. I know. But to just have all this all the way throughout the show, which is terrible in itself, and it's a terrible idea in itself, and then on Raw just to go, oh, he stole it, did he? Oh, well, yeah, no, he's got a bit of something about him, so I'm not bothered anymore that he stole it. Yeah, have a, have a WWE title match. Yeah, this this event, Survivor Series, had a couple of solid matches in it. But I'm quite happy seeing that the Egg and the Rock situation all the way through completely ruined the event for me. It turned it from what I would say would just be a normal, fairly solid C event into an E or an F for me. I'm quite happy to never watch the event again. It was an insult to the fans and they treat us like we are children and... I'm going to stop talking now and get your children. juice. I know, but I want my wrestling. <laughs> no, it's, 
the thing is that egg obviously and all of that was just a massive promo for red notice wasn't it that's what they steal in the film and that's what it's about but, and but at the we, start of the pay-per-view rather event. than rather than having a big pay-per-view like build up you know, like where they always have these montage videos you've got a fucking red notice trailer this is what I mean. That, like, like you say, that promo at the beginning, it interlaced, didn't it, with WWE, the wrestling, the rock, and and the film. Uh, I, I just this cross promotion stuff. When it works, it works. When it doesn't, it really doesn't. And I'm sorry, but for me, I think the general consensus yeah, out there. Look at the bigger picture. Didn't. Look at the bigger picture. It's the um, most watched movie in Netflix history within the first. 20 days of it being released raw got 200,000 more viewers uh because they were teasing that both rosters were going to be on raw and after the event we were all talking about survive series yeah we were talking about egg but still it had us talking about it. we didn't just go oh they did this brand stuff and raw one we were like no egg 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 we're all and egg was trending after this what man was trending i so would I have been it's all come out really well I would have been happier and the payoff would have been better if the gobbledygooker had come out of that egg on Raw. That would have well, been, it could have been the gobbledygooker's egg that he laid. <laughs> well, yeah, well, well that I would mean, have been a better story. I, let's I, just I, say, I don't know. Thank I God that Wyndham is coming. He's not, though, is he? <laughs> and winter <laughs> will be here soon. If only it wasn't a fake Photoshop picture. Um, <laughs> yeah, is let's look at it this way. Let's try and take a positive on it. For everything that Survivor Series had about The Rock, it really didn't have anything to do with The Rock at the same time. But if we are going to get the Roman Reigns Rock match, then I suppose we'll all forget about this and it'll just be, yeah, okay, it was what it was. At least we're getting... The Rock and Roll Reigns, which I do think people want to say. I know some people out there are like, oh, yeah, whatever. Well, Roman Reigns is just going to beat The Rock. Well, so we should. So we should. Anyway. But are we? let's look at it realistically. Let's have a look at WrestleMania this year. Because if you're going to do Roman Reigns versus The Rock, it has to happen at this coming WrestleMania. It can't go on another year because the timing is just right now. I mean, arguably, you could say, it should have happened last year or the year before, but we've had COVID, we've had the pandemic, etc. So the timing is right for now. But are we going to get it? Let's look at it realistically. The Rock schedule, the insurance that comes with The Rock because he can't be injured because of his films or this type of business. He's about to shoot the new Jumanji film amongst the 30 or 40 other films that he's doing. Is it going to happen? May, April next year, are we going to get in the main event The Rock versus Roman Reigns? I am going to say no. Well, who else is Roman going to face? So I'm going to. It'll be Brock, won't it? It'll be. It'll be Brock Lesnar. It'll be Brock Lesnar. I'm not saying we won't get the teasing all the way through. We may even get a Rock and Roman confrontation. I say we may get that. If they're not going with the match, They'd be silly to do so, but I think that's probably the best that we're going to get. I, I will go out on a limb and say we will not get the match. I don't think we're ever going to get the match because if we'll it doesn't happen match. this time, yeah, but if it doesn't happen at WrestleMania, it's not going to happen at all. And what's going to happen the WrestleMania after? It's in LA. It makes but perfect sense we'll, to be in The Rock's backyard in Hollywood. 
Yeah, but then we're well over a year past it. We've, I was going to say something funny then, WWE will have built a new star by then. They won't. But, you know, potentially they could have done. God, potentially somebody could have been coming back by then. You know, Would you... Braun Strowman or Bray Wyatt might have been re-signed by then. Who knows? But, you know, we could get Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. We could get Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns by then. You know, there are few things. We could get Brock Lesnar again versus Roman Reigns in over a year's time. This is the thing. Remember, though, like they, they did Rock and Cena a year in advance. They could do Roman and Rock a year in advance. It doesn't matter. I'll see you next year at WrestleMania. Then he can go do his film. He was still doing films when he did that John Cena match, and he had a match at Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble, didn't he? It was. Yeah, it was. But at the same time, to counter that, that was... 10 over 10 years ago now the rock is in tremendous physical shape for a guy who's 50 is he 50 now or he's going to be about there or just over around the 50 mark age he's in incredible shape and he'll be in better shape than i will ever be at that age and indeed now but again at the same time he's not wrestled for 10 years he's 10 years older he's got the insurance liability of not being able to get injured to do films so can they from a from a physical body perspective go on another year knowing that I'm, I'm not sure they can the rock would do it like if it came down to it the rock has always said he loved the business and he and he wants to do it if that comes down to be his last match rock versus roman passing the torch and the samoan heritage to roman reigns it's gonna happen oh i like, agree it, the story is, is great it is that in is the stars did, that match is definitely gonna happen whether it's this wrestlemania or the next they might even put it at wrestlemania 40 who knows oh written in the stars right general consensus <laughs> now before we go on to yes, our quiz to finish the show straight whoa, yes whoa, or no answer. whoa 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 what are the scores and where's my trophy oh hang on no. right okay <laughs> so we <laughs> had that all right quick general consensus dan will the rock face roman reigns at wrestlemania next year yes joe yes jamie I'm saying it's definitely going to happen whether it's this year or next. Will Roman Reigns and The Rock face each other at WrestleMania next year? Yes. Three against one. I will take my four, 500 bonus points when it doesn't happen. However, we've come to the end. Rock turns up on SmackDown tomorrow now. (laughs) (laughs) We've come to the end, as you say, of our yearly, uh, our first year already, Prediction League. Dan got three points for his wonderful attempt at Survivor Series. One, two, three, four, five. Joe, five points for Joe. Well done, Joe. (laughs) Jamie Jamie with his four points as well. Well done, Jamie. Taron with his three, four, five, six. I won an event. At least I won an event (laughs) with six points. So... The final standings for 2021 in our first year of Grapplecast for the pay-per-view prediction league. In fourth place, no, in fifth place was Bradley. No longer on the show. Brad still beat Taron. In fourth place, bottom unfortunately was me with 36 points in total. Joe, you can have in... those bonus five points you wanted, didn't you? Still be bottom, right? <laughs> Uh, no, because Joe finished just two points ahead with 38. So I'll take the five bonus points if you want. No, Joe in third with 38. Second place, just a few points behind with 44, was Dan. 
So that puts Jamie on 49 points and the 2021 pay-per-view prediction league champion for Grapplecast. And there it is. A very quick speech before we go on to our quiz. I mean, it's great knowing how shit Taryn is at predicting (laughs) pay-per-view events. And just knowing that the WWE is as predictable as we like. And you like me, you really like me. <laughs> like Toby Maguire. Have you had enough now? Is that it? Not Sorry, that. I'm just posing for pictures. I thought as much. Right, well done, Jamie. Let's quiz it to finish off the show. Dan, what have you got for us? So I got you 10 questions on championships. Right, let's rattle through this. I have a film to see. Oh, yeah. Okay, number one. Who was the heaviest 24-7 champion? Oh, Jesus. Okay. Number two. Who held the TNA Impact Women's title the most? TNA Impact. As in, you merged them together. Impact. Yeah. Okay. No. Oh, okay. I'll go that. Yep. Okay. Who has held the Ring of Honor World title the longest? Oh, okay. Okay. Number four. Who was the last ever WWE Hardcore Champion? Are we seeing that as far as winning it in a match or was awarded it? No, it, it, they um, ended up, it got unified with the Intercontinental okay. title. Um, so they won the Intercontinental title, or they continue being that as well as inherited it. Their class is the last. Probably. Okay, who has held tag team titles with RVD, Hurricane, X-Pac, Mankind, Undertaker, Big Show, and Daniel Bryan? Mm-hmm. It's Surely be. I've got that right. It's got to be. <laughs> 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 Number six, who is the oldest ever Intercontinental Champion? Just ever. When they won it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, who was the youngest person to hold the AEW tag team title? So not a youngest team person, a youngest person who's held the tag titles. Cool. Number eight. Who was the first ever IWGP heavyweight champion? Okay. Number nine. Alexander Hammerstone is the current heavyweight champion in which promotion that's owned by Court Bauer? That's a guess. And number 10, who's the first ever WWE champion? Right. Leslie, you all got answers? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Whether I they're think. right or not is the question. <laughs> right, you're number one. Who is the heaviest 24 7 champion, Joe? Jamie. The Bollywood Boys. <laughs> and Taryn. Pat Patterson. No, the, the closest, he doesn't get a point, is Jamie, because it was a tag team. It was the Revival. 
God's sake. Yeah. No, it was the Bollywood Boys. <laughs> Is that what they actually called? I can't remember. Was it the Boys? Yeah, they, they were yeah, called the Bollywood yeah. Boys. Yeah. yeah, they were. Number two, who held the TNA Impact Women's title the most? Taryn? Uh, ODB. Jamie? Mickey James. Joe? Gail Kemp. It is Gail Oh, Kemp. that would make sense. Number three, who has held the Ring of Honor World title the longest? Jamie? Jay Lethal. Karan? Samoa Joe. Joe? Adam Cole, maybe. Nope, that's Samoan Joseph. Oh, so it was Samoa Joe, I was right, happy days. I'll take that. Yeah. Number four, who's the last ever hardcore champion? Joe? RVD. Taran? I went with RVD, but it's either him or Jeff Hardy, I think. And Jamie? Rob Van Dam. It was Rob Van Dam. Thank God. Who's held tag titles with all of those people? It's got to be. It it's has to be. be. It's got to be. It has to be Kane. <laughs> it's it's got to be Kane. 100% it's got to be Kane. Um, and who is the oldest intercontinental champion, Joe? Patterson. Jamie. Flair. Taron. See, I almost went with Pat Patterson, but I went with Honky Tonk Man. No, it was Ric Flair. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, number seven, who is the youngest person to hold the AEW Tag Team title? Uh, Jamie. <sighs> I was completely, I had no idea. So I went for Sammy Guevara. Never held the tag title. Really. I know. Um, <laughs> Joe? Jogoy. Never held the tag Never title. Never held okay. And um, Taryn? I went with Matt from the Young Bucks. No, it's Adam Page. Oh. Hangman, of course. Um, number eight, who was the first ever IWGP heavyweight champion? Taryn? Kenta. Jamie. Kenny Omega. And Joe. Tony Inoki. It was Antonio Inoki. You need to go back a lot further, lads. Of course. Uh, number nine, you. Alexander Hammerstone is the current heavyweight champion of which promotion? Joe. MLW. Taryn. I also put MLW. And Jamie. I ain't got a clue. I put AAA. <laughs> <laughs> it's MLW. Yes. And your number 10, who was the first ever WWE champion? Jamie? Bruno. Taron? <laughs> or D. Rogers? And Joe? I put Bruno Lamontino as well. No, it's Buddy Rogers. Lovely. Total up your right. scores. the scores. I only got five. I got half, right? That's okay. Three. <laughs> Oh, Joe went five Ooh. as well. We need a quick tiebreak, a quick Dan. Okay, quick First tie. person to shout it out. Okay. Um, no problem. So I'm going to say a wrestler, and you need to tell me what state they are from. There's 50 states, so you'll take it in turns. Ooh, wee. Okay. Um, crush. Joe? Wisconsin. Nope. Atlanta. Taren. Nope, Joe. <laughs> New York. Nope, Tarrant. Uh, Winnipeg, that's Canada. Uh, yeah, nope, Joe. Georgia. Nope, Tarrant. Miami. Nope, that's Florida. No. Joe. Of course California. Nope. For fuck's sake. <laughs> 
I don't know what's been said. That's the problem. Um, somewhere like uh, Maya, uh, no, I said Maya, Hawaii. Yeah, correct. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hawaii. Can I see? Hawaii, yeah, he's from Hawaii. My, my question was going to be, just in case, what closest to, what was the capacity to survive a series last uh, year? It was just over 15,000. 15, no, it, last yeah. year, 2020. Oh, oh, it was zero because it was in Thunderdome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that gives me the point on the quiz. Six points for me. Six for Joe. Jamie, 11. Dan, 17. Jamie, where can everybody find us on the socials? Well, that's not usually my job, but you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Deezer, everywhere where you find your podcasts. And yes, you can make sure to subscribe and like. And you can always comment us and find us on Twitter at Grapplecast Show. Lovely. Dan, do you want to try and sign us off? Can you remember the side off? Um, I bid you adieu. Have a good night. Stay safe. Don't <laughs> throw fireworks at cats. And yeah, we'll we'll see you all next week. But we might have a special surprise for you. We may very well enjoy it all. Jamie, bugger off with that award, you crap. See you later, guys. Bye. Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Number four. Armbar! I am Sir Michael Cole! What? <laughs>